What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Dama are back in the show, and it is Thursday, June 8th. Uh, Michael Winger and Will Dawkins had their introductory press conference today. We also heard some words from um, Travis Slank, uh, owner Ted Leonsis, and coach Wes Unsell Jr. So um, they, they didn't tell us too much, but overall, this is a, a very positive first impression of these guys, and it was nice to um, put a name to the face see them in, in person, if, if that's what you want to call it, but just being able to see them present themselves of how they conducted themselves. And they both seem very professional and very genuine and very passionate. That was a word that was brought up a lot, but um, overall, I'd say this was a great first step for them. Yeah, for sure, man. It's just, it's just nice to finally have a real um, top down front office structure with guys that, that are respected around the league. Like these are guys that would get jobs that would be at the top of the list for other jobs, um, you know, for, for the top teams in the league and they're here in DC. Um, and it's like a real brain trust. And I don't feel like we've had this type of structure. Honestly, since I can remember, like I, I can't remember the time they've had this type of structure. A couple of important things before we get into the, the nitty gritty here. It, Michael Winger did say, and this was kind of speculated now, um, I think we first really heard about this from David Aldridge when he was on Team 980, but it really seems like Michael Winger is not going to have that much input with uh, with the Mystics. So it definitely seems like this is going to be more of a Wizards, go-go centric position, which I know will make Wizards fans um, very happy. So if there was any concern about that being an issue or a barrier, perhaps, I, I don't think that that's going to be the case. We know that at the end of the day, he was hired to oversee all three, but we heard from Winger himself much input over the, the Mystics and what they're doing. So that just means more attention and focus on the Wizards, which again, I think is going to make um, that side of Monumental Basketball's fans very happy. Um, second, uh, Will Dawkins is going to run the Wizards uh, operations and I think he's going to be the ones on the the one on the phone initially when teams come calling. Um, I think he's going to have the largest input on the draft process. Now, again, um, it's going to be a collaborative effort, which is good between the um, the, the head management here, which is something that we haven't really had because it was basically probably Tommy just making these decisions by himself um, as to where now it seems like we have uh, a bigger brain trust at the top. So Will Dawkins will not be making these decisions by himself. Um, and Michael Winger came out and said that much today. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, it, it's going to be Will Dawkins' team, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, that was nice to hear that he he kind of empowered him. But then he also kind of was like, you know, if, if you're going to give credit, give it to him. If you're going to pass blame, Give it to me. I, I thought that was pretty dope from a leadership standpoint. You know, day one, kind of letting people know this is his show, man. Um, and, and I'm just here to kind of support him and kind of be kind of the overseer. But this is his show, and I'm I'm a you know let him do his thing. I, I thought that was really dope. Um, and he's you know, you know, That is young to be a GM. That is young. Is. But that but might he's be the youngest. Been, he's been in the NBA since he was 21. Right. Right. So it's like it's like he's kind of like a damn child prodigy for real. I mean, think about being in a in a in a the top of your field, 
at 21 years old. Like that's, you know, that's kind of, that's super rare. So um, and he obviously knows what he's doing. If you look at the, his track record with, with uh, under, under Presti and OKC, I mean, like it's clear that he was a guy that like, they had a certain type of player that they like to identify and they, they drafted that player every time, um, you know, versatility, playmaking, six, six plus size. Like, so if he's bringing that here, man, I'm all for it. Cause that's, those are the type of players I like to identify every draft, like every draft. I'm looking for a Paul George. <laughs> I was saying this on Twitter, like every draft, that's what I'm looking for. So yeah, uh, it's, that's be- That's a beautiful thing to me. And uh, I'm, I'm happy we got a guy that has that type of mentality. Yeah, and this is a guy that now is going to be running the team that is not going to be given direction from ownership. This is going to be a collaboration effort with him, Winger, um, Travis Schlink, to to really try and figure out what the direction of the franchise is going to be. Now, look, Ted says he still wants to be involved, and any owner should be, especially with big decisions and decisions as regards to the top players on the roster. But um, I, I couldn't have been more impressed today with Will Dawkins and how he presented himself. And hopefully we have a good one. And hopefully this is a guy that's around for um, a long, long time. Unfortunately, given Michael Winger's position in the organization, if Will Dawkins gets good enough, then Will Dawkins might not be here for very long. Um, but hopefully this is a guy that uh, will help build our franchise into being a, a contender for the time he's here. And again, I hope that that's for um, a long time. Uh, were there was there anything that stuck out to you from anything that Winger or Dawkins had to say in their press conference? I, they didn't give away a lot, but I think that they remained open to a lot of things. Yeah, for me, and and we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started, but I felt like it was it was what they didn't say. Like they didn't they didn't commit to any one way. Like they didn't say, Oh yeah, we got, we got a big three or, you know, they didn't say, you know, this is so-and-so is the, is the face of the franchise and we're going to build around, you know, we're going to build around Beal. Like they didn't, they didn't give any of that. We're going to build around KP. Everything was just kind of left in the air. And it was just kind of like, we're going to figure this out. We're gonna we're gonna do our homework. We're gonna get to know these guys, and then we're gonna map out a plan as far as what's the best way to go. Um, as it should and, be, it, it, you know, for yeah. for any Wizards fans that were wanting them to have a direction decided by now, they haven't been in the building that long. And again, it's it's not like these guys are already know that the team situation stuff before they come in. Like, yeah, they're in the NBA, but when they're in the NBA, they're worried about their own team or the team oh, that they're facing in the playoffs. They're not deep diving other teams film to watch them for 50 plus games. They're just not doing it. They don't have that type of time. They ha- they have enough going on with their own team already. So give them time to, to do their own evaluations. And I feel like that's a large reason why Wesson so junior is so employed by this team, because I bet you this time next year, he will not be, and they will be picking wow. someone else, but it's important for them to do their due diligence, figure out the, every player, every person in the in the management staff coaching staff and figure out what exactly is going to be the best direction for this team and i know that that means you're not going to get any answers but i think in this situation in the timetable they're working with especially being this close to the draft which is going to be a very very important one for us i have no problems with them essentially giving you know no answer on the matter for sure for sure like 
like I say, it was it was a very non-committal type pressure from like, um, you know, they didn't like we just got here. <laughs> we just got here, man. We gonna figure it out though. Like the goal, but the goal is the championship. And however path, whatever path that needs to be taken to get to that goal, that's the path we're gonna take. But we're gonna need a little bit of time to figure out what's the best route to go. Um, you know, I, I would just say just just from from hearing them speak and. Um, just looking at the dynamics of the new cap, the cap numbers and, and the salary situation. Um, I, I don't see them coming in and just like bottoming, bottoming out, like where they go full spurs or, you know, uh, process mode and they trade everybody over the age of 25. Uh, I don't see that happening. I think, I think they believe in building a cohesive team, having some type of vets here to kind of, usher in a new era and um, trying to compete. Like, I don't think they're going to just sell out to, to, to try to chase a, 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 some lottery luck for a top two pick in a, in a 24 draft. Like, I don't, I don't see them doing that. Um, I think they're going to do their homework. They're going to evaluate everybody. And then they're going to kind of make moves to kind of keep their flexibility and then, and then gain assets. Kind of like what you see, uh, kind of like what the Knicks did. Like the Knicks didn't, go sell out on, uh, uh, you know, a, a Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Jalen Brunson, big three, quote on big, quote unquote, big three. They, they got some flexibility. They got draft picks in. They, they traded some guys, uh, to kind of give them some more asset, uh, as a, a asset base so that, okay, if we compete, we compete. If we don't, we don't, we get a high pick, but when the opportunity comes, or a star that's going to be available, we can strike. Um, and you can't do that if you're capped out. You don't have any draft picks to trade. You don't have any talented players, young players that anybody wants. So I think that's what they're going to try to do and try to put the Wizards in a better position to try to be aggressive. One thing I thought that, you know, we had been kind of saying for a while on that too, and Tommy had been kind of saying it, and it never really came to fruition. Um, but being a destination for free agents, I think is something that is going to be a key responsibility and goal for these guys because we just haven't had it. I mean, think about it. Our, our big marquee free agent that we've signed that's had the most impact over the years is what, like Paul Pierce? Pierce at age 34. <laughs> right. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. something that, that has to, to improve. And again, if, if we're selling off guys for proper draft capital and – we end up having space in free agency and um, we're able to sign star players. Well, there you go. I mean, it really doesn't get any better than that because you have the best of both worlds. You're able to bring in star players without having to give up any assets. And then you're also building your assets by being able to trade off guys that maybe you don't see a part of your championship team long-term. So I, I think that that's going to be kind of the, the goal. Now, look, we're not going to go out there and sign Kyrie Irving and, whoever this summer and going to be rocking and rolling. But um, it, it does make me wonder, though, if it's better for the, the long term of this team. And again, it, this may not mean they keep them forever, but it does make me wonder if they end up just re-signing KP and Kuzma, um, trying to improve the team around them, which has been the, the larger part of the problem. I know that everyone wants to get mad at Beal and all that, but those three guys, it is not really their fault that the team hasn't been competitive because when you have three guys that 
average 20 points, are uniquely talented and skilled in their own ways. Um, when you have teams that continuously get to 35 wins, it's, it's probably not their fault, largely. Now, they're not innocent, um, and all their games have holes in them for sure, but I, I think that a goal for them could be to how do we build a competitive team around those guys? And I think that that means everyone after those three um, could be on the table to be moved. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to carry this four through ten that, that lacks a lot of shooting and, and versatility as far as getting to the basket, ball handling, like you would have to have like a LeBron. Um, and, and, and like there, <laughs> how many of those guys are in the league? So it's just like, it's hard for me to pin everything on, on the top guys. Like when those are the guys that are putting up 20 a night and consistent in their play. Um, but I, I think the, the health thing is, is particularly with KP and, and Beal most recently, that's, that's a re- legitimate concern. Like he needs to be healthy. Uh, both of them would need to be healthy rather they're here or rather they're somewhere else. But the talent for sure around them needs to be better because there is no guy here that can kind of scale up their game when there are injuries. And you're going to have injuries. Like, it's a part of the league. I mean, how many stars right now are playing 65, 70 games every year? Jokic? That's probably the only one. Maybe Giannis? Um, But everybody else, they're missing 15, 20, 25 games. And somehow those teams are still able to find a way to win games. Like, that that can't be an excuse no more. That means that your roster isn't talented enough, that these guys you're holding up on this pedestal and saying, oh, they need the opportunity. Well, when your star gets hurt, that's your opportunity. <laughs> like, right. go, go, go take advantage of it. Like, you know, like if, we, if we're getting turbo all year, uh, we're better than a 35-win team. Like, that's just a fact. It does make me wonder because we do have some fresh faces, obviously, at the top making all these decisions. I wonder if they'll basically approach the KP situation like, look, man, um, you're a great talent. However, because the team hasn't necessarily succeeded that well since you've been here, and yes, you make them better, but you haven't exactly been this floor raiser for us so we're not comfortable right now giving you a long-term deal but if you opted on this player option you play well for another season then we'll be ready to to give you your money next season um i don't know how realistic that would be for kp because i don't know if he would rather sign a long-term deal with another team even if it may be less annually or what his line of thinking would be with that. But if I'm winger and and Dawkins, that's how I would kind of be starting the conversation. Like, you know, Tommy was forced to pay him because Tommy was sort of forced to win or else his job was going to be on the line. So if Tommy was still here, I bet you the deal already would have been done with Porzingis. Um, He would have already been extended. But now that everything's kind of up in the air, I wonder if they'll just say, hey, you know, um, if you want to make some money, well, go out there this year and uh, and prove it to us. Or, you know, maybe they should decide they don't want him back at all. Now, now that I think would be foolish. I don't think that they should just let him walk. Now, if he goes out and they just can't agree to a deal, 
that's a different story, but I, I wouldn't just use them and be like, yeah, you can opt out and go sign with someone else. I hope that at least that's not how they would approach that. Yeah, that would, be, that, that would be bad business. KP had too good of a damn season. He's too good of a player to just let him walk. Like, that would be crazy. Um, but but this, this front office also doesn't have a, a playoff mandate for next year. Like, I don't think, I don't think Ted is saying to them, you got to make the playoffs next year or you're fired. Like, that's not, that's not the mandate. So now it's, uh, okay, what makes sense for us financially, cap-wise, just looking at our long view, short-term and long-term, like, does KP on a long-term deal make sense? Does KP on a one-year deal or a short-term deal make sense? Um, is a sign and trade available? Like, what are, what are KP's actual options? Because, you know, earlier we kind of mentioned this before, but like looking around the league, who, where do you actually see KP fitting um, as a, as a starter? Like where that's, that's a better situation than I feel like he has here. So, Um, I mean, I mean, and there are obviously several options if we want to get technical about it, like one off the top of my head that I think makes a ton of sense or at least Phoenix is if, if they were to give us Deandre Ayton and a, and a sign and trade with Porzingis, and Porzingis goes to play with Booker and uh, and Durant. I mean, to to me, off rip that makes a lot of sense. But does it make sense for us to take back DeAndre that long term contract? Makes sense I mean, no, so <laughs> right, that that don't make sense for us at all. But I'm I'm right. I'm thinking of a place where like KP can go as a free agent and just sign there. Um, I don't know. Raptors, that, even though they just paid Poto. Oh yeah, that's right. They did extend them, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, like I'm, I'm trying to think. Charlotte. I know when I when I do the two K sim, he always when he does if he does leave, he goes to Charlotte. <laughs> I I did actually. Well, I think there was an article about something. I saw something a while back about maybe them being a matcher. But if I'm KP, I'm like, why the fuck would I want to go to Charlotte? Yeah, who the fuck want to go to Charlotte, man? Uh, from a cultural so standpoint, there may not be a lot of like. Like yeah, like it's like where are you gonna where are you gonna go? I I was thinking maybe the Hawks, like that kind of made sense from a scheme standpoint and like kind of what they need, but they they got a lot of money tied up with with Collins and Compella, and they got Okongwu. Uh, you paying you keep paying DeAndre Hunter, like they got a lot of money situation they got to feel like figure out, and they still ain't paid Dejounte Murray yet, so they got to figure that out first before they could talk about adding some adding a KP. So I just don't know what type of like options he can just walk into that makes sense that are better than what he has here in DC. Right. Cause here, I mean, like he's a kind of a one B option really in this offense. Now we know that they kind of want to have everything ran through, um, through Beal, but large in part, the offense was mostly ran through him, honestly. And I think that's the way that Wes preferred it. So again, I mean, he's, on this team, he is the most skilled player, and he has the chance to continue to be the the one B option in an offense. And again, is is he going to get that anywhere else with this type of market? And you have a new management team coming in. You may or may not get a new coach. So there's a lot of opportunity here right now, and, and KP may view that um, more or better for himself than he would maybe going somewhere else where. You know, it's kind of an unknown right now exactly what his market would be. And, and I'm sure there are suitors, right? Like, there's always suitors and there's always ways that things can get worked out. But again, yeah. like, looking around right now, at least options that would be half appealing and really isn't any. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like, I, I, I just, you know, like, the offense this year was pretty much 
Like it's not a coincidence KP led this team in in first quarter points. Like he was the guy they they ran through to start games. Um, I just don't know where else. Like I say, like he could walk to as a free agent that's going to hand him a four year deal, you know, for a hundred and whatever million, and say, hey, we're going to make you our you know feature guy because it's just not a lot of teams that have that type of money. Um, and the ones that do, they're bad. So, right. And I, and I guess for for Kuzma here now, look, he's obviously going to opt out of that money because it, it doesn't make any sense for unless like the hey, well, they no. were like we have a way to bring in pieces where we can win a championship this year. Then I could see Kuzma opting into that thirteen, but that's not happening. So even that, hell no, hell no, man. I'm looking at DeAndre Hunter getting a ninety million dollar contract. Hell no, I ain't opting in that. I just I just saw an article they was talking about Patrick Williams could get a four year hundred million dollar deal. Jesus Christ for Patrick fucking what? Williams. Ain't no goddamn way if I'm Kuzma, I'm opting into some damn thirteen million dollars. Ain't no fucking way. I, I am curious <laughs> as as to his market because if the CBA is gonna limit how much teams are able to top off there with their money, I do wonder if that sort of hinders his market a little bit in terms of teams just being able to sign him outright because it may mean that whether or not he's, you know, back, he may initially have to sign with the Wizards, even if that's to work out a sign and trade, because again, if teams are just gonna sign him outright, I mean that might not mean best for or that might not be best for that team's flexibility long term. Again, he's he's kind of on that line where it's like he has one foot over uh, one side and one foot on the other where it's like i'm comfortable with paying you this type of money and then i'm comfortable with not like it's it's a very fine line and it's like it's on both sides right now so i'm just wondering like what team that's competitive because we know he probably wants to win but what team is going to be able to give him the type of money that he's looking for and you would imagine that would start around like 23 to 25 mil for that first year yeah, so th- so he's kind of the guy that I think falls into what I was saying as far as like that middle market with this new CBA because the top 30 guys, you know, the guys that can, you know, that have a track record of averaging 20 a game or have made all-star teams or, or GMs look at them as like, okay, yeah, you're a future all-star. Those guys are going to get paid. They're going to get their $200 million deals or in the case of like a Jalen Brown, the $300 million deals. But the way this new CBA is, you can only give out two of those. And then the rest of your team is going to have to be, you know, strategically thought out as far as, you know, bargain deals, rookies that are overperforming. So then it's like, where does that leave the middle market guys, the guys that aren't top 30, but they're like top 80, top 70? What are you going to be willing to pay those guys if you already got your two stars in place, do you have enough money to get that guy 30 million a year? Like, do you have it? Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how his market kind of matriculates through, through the summer. But I think he's going to have suitors though, because he's, he's versatile. Like he's, he's 6'10 and he can, he can run pick and rolls. Like, and then he can switch everything on defense. So, uh, yeah, I, and he hits, he hits two threes a game. Like I, I think he's going to have value. And I, I think one thing that's been clear, and we kind of mentioned this um, either before we started or at the top of the show, I can't remember, but I think it's pretty clear that the Wizards are not going to be a luxury tax team this year. Um, so 
financially, if they were to resign all three to the money that they're looking for, I don't think that they would be able to be a team not um, under the luxury tax. So I think that I'm not sure that all three are going to be back. I think that they're going to have to work out something with, you know, I mean, maybe all three at best, right, for for those that want to rebuild, but realistically, maybe um, one. So, and I think that that odd man out right now would probably be Kuzma. So, but again, you know, we won't know exactly the direction or what they're thinking. And, um, you know, there's a draft coming up in a few weeks and we have... Uh, free agency coming up right after that so it's an exciting time but you know we just weren't going to get an answer on what their thought was for the the direction of this franchise today I mean realistically we were just never going to get that answer yeah for sure and 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 in in the vein of that I'll ask you because we kind of talked about it before we started if you had to pick pick one or one of these options here um uh, either A, uh, one of the big three is traded, or B, two of Gafford, Monte, DeLon are traded. Which one do you think is more likely to happen this summer? I think just because they'd rather try and maximize on value for guys why they have it. So I think the first option is more likely for this regime. But if you're asking me as someone who wants a competitor and genuinely likes the three of those those guys, I would rather do option B and try and trade those two, if not all three of them. Um, Now, look, we've said countless times, I've said countless times, you can do a lot worse than these three guys. And everyone can hate Bradley Beal all you want, think that Kuzma's not worth the money, and think that KP's not worth the money, yada, yada, yada. Um, You can do a lot worse than those three. So am I opposed to to bringing all three of them back? No. If there's a way where they can make it work and they can realistically stay under the tax, as Ted has probably made clear by now, um, then yes, I'm I'm totally okay with that, and I would prefer that actually because then if something doesn't work out, then you could probably flip one of those guys, provided all three of them don't have an injury. Knock on wood. For sure, yeah, yeah. I, I man, I don't. Ooh, it's tough. I don't know which. Yeah, I don't know which one I would lean on that one because it's like because it, right, here, it's simple to me because it's like. Gafford's only going to give you – he only gave you 20 minutes a game. Gafford's only been giving you 20 minutes a game for the past three seasons. So – and actually, it's been yeah. less. I don't think so the biggest that. I, yeah, I, so he 17. can go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. someone who's going to give you 20 minutes a night is not worth $13, $14 million. He's just not. And he can play somewhere else where I could see him getting 27 28 and being a starting center. It's not going to be here. Um, we've already decided – you know, what we thought about the experimenting with both KP and Gaff in the middle – thought it would be a good idea in some cases it was in some cases it wasn't um and i hate to toot my own horn on that but i was kind of right about that in hindsight i didn't think that it would be a good idea long term and it's probably not um you don't on that because i was a little bit more of a believer on that um but then but then when i watched portland and golden state and then and then brooklyn with their with their g league team just shred us from three i was like yeah we can't do this no more this not this not this not gonna work <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. So yeah, he was on that for sure. And then, like you know, that's Gafford, and then Monte and Delon. Well, Monte is awful, and just doesn't really have a role carved out long term. And Delon's nice. Like out of the three, I would prefer to keep Delon the most. 
but he's expiring and he's 32 years old. If you can get something for him, then do it. So I would I would love to to act and make a move on either one of those three guys, especially if it helps us save a little bit of money to where we can keep those three guys, you know, like, yeah, yeah. that would be my option. Yeah. Cause those, those salaries combined, I mean, you're paying Monte eight, Delon eight, and then Gafford is about 12 and some change. So all together you're looking at about what, 28, 29, almost $30 million between those three. Well, let's see. Cause mm-hmm. I think Gafford's is like 13 something. Monte is like 9.8. So Monte is closer to 10. Oh wow! And so then, it, it, it is thirty million. It, definitely, it might be more yeah. than between yeah. those three combined. Yeah. See, like that—that's a—that's a max contract, <laughs> right? So, so it's like, ah, uh, is there? Are you really getting the value from that? You know, are you are you really getting the value because you're basically talking about thirty million between three backups? And then, say you decide to trade Denny, well, there's an extra six mil. So. Yeah, but I don't think they move. I don't think they move on from him quite yet. And I'm one of the biggest Denny critics out here, but I don't think they move on from that yet. Because the, the I, only I'm like, I just don't see them like wanting to pay him now. Again, if it's different, if their mindset is we're going to go into the deadline and try and get a suitor for him and someone that'll feel comfortable paying him that money. But this again because we haven't really seen that much improvement from him. Um, throughout these first three seasons. So it's like, as a front office, once you do your work on him, you're like, holy shit, this guy's not getting any better. Let me try and trick someone into, into getting something for him now before he shows more of the same in the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you, but I just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like like his, his, the idea of him kind of fits what uh, uh, Dawkins looked for when he was in OKC, like six six plus. Obviously, Denny six nine. Um, some playmaking in theory. Uh, you could teach if you could teach him how to shoot. He's defensively he can he he can he can guard just about everybody. Um, and he's he's big, so it's like that's kind of what what they were looking for in OKC. So do you give him another year to 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 see if he can really be consistent? in that in his shooting and going left and all of that. And then maybe you get him on a bargain deal. Yeah. I mean, if, again, if they're going to keep these three guys and I, and I would bet you they're not like if I had to bet money, I would say one of those guys, if not two are going to be gone, but say they decide to, to keep our big three, then, you know, the idea is to, to try and find cheap contracts to keep around those guys that can be, decent depth and we already saw Tommy try and act on that you know he he extended Jordan Goodwin he tried bringing in Xavier Cooks um I, Isaiah Todd is still on the team for whatever reason so he's yeah. tried to, to find cheap guys that hopefully you can get something out of and, and look if they can get Denny at 10 11 mil you know for for four years so would I do that you know yeah maybe but I, I don't know I mean again I, I guess so much is in the air right now which is what makes this team and this situation so fun like this team was bad this past year and we haven't been able to stop talking about them since the season ended so it's a lot in store this offseason this was just the start of it and a big important part coming up with the draft yeah it's 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 a new day man i i just i I think the fact that uh hopped on a plane you know to leave the finals and come here to cover this this presser I think to me that just tells you everything you need to know as far as 
how big this is, how, uh, you know, no pun intended, how monumental this is for right. for the Wizards, because it's like you got you got the heavy hitters pulling up like that means you probably hired some heavy hitters for your front office. And and people are are, are interested to see what what the Wizards do next, because I think it's going to be a lot of star movement, man, like especially if Harden goes back to Houston. And say Dame leaves Portland, I just I just think it's gonna be a lot of shit going on this summer. Yeah, and, and look for for Ted Leonsis, this was a big deal because this was really outside of his comfort zone, at least from what history has told us. Now he could have been fine with this line of thinking all along and just never really acted on it. Like if he genuinely believed that Tommy was the right person, well, you know, bless his heart. But the for for the types of moves that we know Ted likes to make with the wizards, this was a big outside of the box um, hire for hires for him. And he should be given credit for that. You know, we like to beat him up when the team is bad, but, and look, this regime may not work out, but the fact that you were willing to make those sort of changes. And now we have, um, you know, for, for demographic purposes in DC, we have a, a young black man running the, the wizards basketball operations essentially and i think also and not to say that they hired him because of that but because he's been in the league for a long damn time but i think that that just adds to how much this means to this community and to this fan base in general yeah i i would i would agree i would totally agree um is there anything else uh no i got nothing man except that i'm just i'm excited man I'm, I'm I'm fucking excited. Like I haven't been this excited. I haven't been this excited since John Wall hit that shot and and jumped on the scores table, man. So, yeah, I'm 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 pretty damn excited. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time coming. We went through some hard times. John Wall getting injured, then getting injured while he was injured, and uh, getting Russell Westbrook having to watch that eyesore and a total backstabbing that. Tommy Shepard gave the franchise player who had been your guy since 2010 um, going and listening to the No Chill podcast with Gilbert and, and John and talking about how that whole kind of situation went and hearing John's thoughts on things and hearing Bradley Beal's thoughts on a lot of things. I mean, it's it's been rough bringing in Dinwiddie, Montrose Harrell having to break up that locker room. Still don't know how we feel about the head coach. We kept Scott Brooks for too long. It's been a lot that we've had to go through, uh, not hitting on any draft picks. It's been rough, but hopefully this is the beginning of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And again, I, I couldn't be more excited about the draft now. It, I know that at the end of the day, it's not going to mean anything because the, what's going to happen is what's going to happen. But it does make me more intrigued about the process and how they'll approach it because uh, hopefully it's, it's a good one. And again, we've said this regardless of who was making this decision, they have to hit on this pick this year. There's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta get one, man. This draft too damn deep, man. They, they gotta get one. I don't give a damn who it is. Uh, obviously I got my faves, but I'm a trust in this brain trust, man, to get, to get a guy. Um, that's coming. We're playing with house money. We got some time. So, Let's say, let's play out one through seven right now. So we can agree that the top three are going to be the top three right now. If like four through seven, what would your picks be? So you, do you think both of the, the Thompson twins, um, Jairus Walker and someone else, like how, how do you see that board right now playing out um, four through seven? So at four, 
for Houston. Um, I think I'm going to go Cam Whitmore there. Uh, You're assuming Harden's back. I, I think no matter what. Okay. I just think I think they just probably tri- I'm I'm kind of leaning into them trusting uh the the uh, you know an 18-year-old playing a college season uh versus what versus a 20-year-old playing in a in a in an OTE league that many don't know much about. Um mm-hmm. and they need a wing. They need a they need a wing too. They still have Kevin Porter. I know, you know, there's some some questions about him and his off the court stuff, but they still have Kevin Porter. They need a wink. Um, and Cam you know, Detroit, Detroit's going to be punching air if they do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you know Detroit wants Cam. Like, I, I don't see Cam falling past five because all of the all of the, the DMV ties with Monty there and Troy Weaver, you know they got all the intel on Cam Whitmore. They probably got they probably got his parents on speed dial. Uh, yeah. So, so, but but they might be out. They might be out of luck because I, I I really see see him rising. He could go four to Houston. So I would say Cam to four at to Houston. Uh, then five. I think the the Pistons then got to pivot. Uh, and, and probably go. Uh, I think they go Jarris. Okay. Right. So now you still got. Now we're going to pick six with Orlando. And I think they go aiming. Okay. Um, right now, pick seven. You got the you got the Pacers. From everything I've been reading, they they're they're pretty much deciding between Jarris and and Hendricks. Jarris is at this point is gone. So now you got you go Hendricks for seven for the Pacers power forward that can shoot it. And then now the Wizards on the block on the clock, and you're choosing between Osser. Uh, Anthony Black and maybe Bilal, if if that's you know if you want to go outside the box, and you just take the best guy. Um, for me, if I'm following the board, it would be Osser. Uh, but I can I can understand why if they went Anthony Black, I, I you know I wouldn't be mad at either one. But if it was me, I would go Osser. So if there was like. So I want them to draft Anthony Black just because I feel like that's been the most mocked pick and I feel like that's the safest, but my brain inside is like, draft Koulibaly. Just do it. But like, if I was making the decision and like my ass was on the line, I would take Anthony Black, right? But I, I, I really do want them still to take Bilal Koulibaly. And look, if they can trade back and um, get Max Lewis or someone you know i'm i'm fine with that too you know provided what comes along with it but that's kind of where my thinking is so i would go anthony black but the inner like you know the kermit with the the hoodie meme is you know take cool bali so yeah 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 i i just any one of those guys like the 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 big profile wings like i say six six plus that can do a little bit of everything um and and hopefully you can teach them how to shoot like I'm, I'm with it, man. Because I, I really like this draft. I think it's very talented. Uh, to me, it's one of the best drafts since since '03. So I think it's gonna be a lot of studs here. You just gotta, you just gotta make sure you get the right guy in your camp. Alrighty, well, I think that's gonna go ahead and do it for us today. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. If you aren't, if you aren't subscribed, please make sure that you are. Read us five stars. Leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.